Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our October episode. I'm your host, Kim Newfeld, and the Executive Director of Bike Walk Wichita. This month, Alan catches up with Wichita City Council member Brian Fry. We share fall walks and rides you'll want to get on your calendar. And of course, Jack will shine the spotlight on this month's special volunteer. That's right. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk. Fall is here. It has finally, you know, I just, I love having the windows open, uh, the cool breezes. I know I it's... I do. I like this time of year. It is. It's wonderful. We have 26 events on That's our great. calendar between now and our Christmas lights ride and walk that end out our, our years. I, I just can't wait. Yeah. Remember, there's no bad weather, just wrong clothes. So even on these chill mornings, you know, jackets and things, when we get to those Christmas light ride and walk... It's amazing. It's so fun to see, you know, a hundred people out all bundled up. I love it. We had such a wonderful evening with friends out on Marty's Acre just a couple weeks ago. It was such a great evening, you know, catching up with people we haven't seen this year, uh, listening to our live music. Yeah. And it was just such a special evening. Although I never did win any cupcakes on that cupcake walk. Darn, I didn't get a chance to go over and do that. It was fun watching people. Uh, I did eat some cupcakes that people had won. I was glad of that. I was at the member table and, and you're right, seeing so many of our friends, it just felt great. Uh, several of our friends renewed their membership at the event and we had uh, several more come in a couple of days afterwards. Remember, we can't do any of this without the support of our members. And there's still time to make a membership donation to help us finish the year strong. Thank you so much to everybody. Like I said, we couldn't do it without you. And I'm really excited, of course, because this month kicks off Walktober celebration. Right. We have been celebrating Walktober here in Wichita for more than a decade uh, with quite a few partners around town. And it's, it's always one of my favorite times of year. So our pedestrian work group uh, is hosting a variety of walks on Wednesday evenings and Saturday mornings spread out all across our city. So all sorts of fun places to, to get out and explore. Uh, your furry friends are welcome if they're on leashes. And it's just, it's a great time to uh, social distance, mm -hmm. uh, but be outside uh, with friends as well. And it's the perfect way to uh, social distance out in the beautiful October weather. What I also love is not only can you enjoy one of their walks that they've planned, uh, such as a mural walk or, mm -hmm. you know, one of them uh, leaving from our farm and art market, but you can also add your walk. So if you want to host a walk in your favorite park or in your neighborhood, uh, you can simply visit us online at bikewalkwichita.org slash walktober to add your walk or to find out more information. Also on our website, you'll see uh, other events coming up. We have two classes coming up on the calendar, and I'm really uh, excited to see a Wichita by Bike class. Yes. Uh, that's October 13th. And uh, you register in advance because what we do is we'll do a bit in uh, on virtual where we'll do uh, some information about where to ride. If you're tired of riding around your neighborhood and you want to know where are some other good places to ride on the bike paths, the whole network of paths and parks and lanes in our community, we'll talk about that as well. And then we do have the uh, in-person portion where our certified cycling instructors will help you um, with any of the bike skills that uh, you have questions on. And we'll go riding and uh, be able to talk about some of those in terms of the rules and, and safety and things. We have our Safe City Cycling class. Um, this is where you can take your riding up to that next level. 
The instructors cover crash avoidance maneuvers. We do some parking lot drills. And it might seem silly, but I know I have learned a lot from participating in the class and then, and then leading it. Uh, my quick turn, I can avoid uh, problems much better than I could before I really uh, learned some of these quick little tips. That's on Thursday, November 5th there. I'm, I loved that class. It completely changed how I ride. I really enjoy it. We talk a lot about on that, especially on the safe city, a lot of the psychology about bicycling in town, um, eye contact and taking the lane, mm -hmm. a lot of just being what might seem common sense, but um, it's, it's a, a skill that you've got to learn yeah. in terms of being safe out there. And yeah, it's fun. Well, I also, you know, new season, new gear. Oh, uh, of course, we love all our new gear, but I recently uh, just purchased quite a bit of new bike camping gear from REI. Love that they are now in town. Uh, and a sponsor. To really, you know, yeah, support our, our efforts and, and to get us outside, just to help us get out and enjoy our green spaces. So I am leading a bike camping trip that is self-supported to Harvey County West Lake on October 10th through the 12th. Um, as I mentioned, it's completely self-supported. Uh, you can join us for one or two nights and details can be found on our calendar or Facebook page. I really hope uh, that you can join us around the campfire because Harvey County West Lake was fabulous. It's uh, a beautiful place. Beautiful place. Lots so, of trees. Great facilities. There's yeah. showers, restrooms. It's uh, got that little bridge across to the island. And it that's is. just it's, so fun. It's yes. a fun place. I'm looking forward to that one. And that would be a road uh, bike camping. Yes. Uh, it'd be on paved roads. That a couple of weeks later, it'll actually be the weekend after uh, Halloween, so November 6th to the 8th, we're going to do a bike pack trip. And uh, the difference bike packing is more gravel road. And so uh, we'll be on some pavement, but mainly on gravel. We'll go out to Santa Fe Lake for a quick overnight, I think, on that Friday night. And then on uh, Saturday, we'll go up to Harvey County East Lake for the second night. So again, you can join us for one night, both nights. Um, and it'll be a lot of fun. Or even just come out and ride with us through the day. Again, just check our calendar. You can find the link below and our Facebook page for details. You've seen the Wichita flag suit. Now meet the man who can pull off that suit elegantly because of his enthusiasm for our community. Coming up, Alan interviews council member Brian Fry for our podcast. Hello, today we're talking with Wichita City Council Member from District 5, Brian Fry. We're recording this in mid-September. Welcome to Bike Walk Wichita. Thank you for giving us the time. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. I always enjoy to talk about my favorite hometown. <laughs> Great. Well, we're looking forward to talking to you, too. So, why don't we begin by just asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what we need to know about you as a City Council Member you and bet. member of the community. You bet. Um, a husband, father, Wichitan. Um, been on council now for five years. I got reelected to my second term last year. So I've been on five years. Uh, prior to being on city council, I worked at a couple of TV stations in town. I was at Cake TV for 14 years and Channel 3 for 11, where I was the marketing director. Served on a lot of boards, a lot of committees, a lot of fundraisers. So I was always active in the community because of that, those jobs and got involved with my homeowners association and decided that that was uh, a great opportunity to give back to my immediate community and that inspired me to start doing even more. Uh, so I eventually served on the park board 
for eight years and the District 5 Advisory Board for eight years uh, under then City Council Member Jeff Longwell. And then when he ran for mayor, I ran for his open seat, was lucky enough to be chosen. And again, that became my career uh, as a city councilman. I also work uh, full-time for the Kansas Chamber of Commerce as membership for this region. So uh, city council is a part-time job, but it's a full-time commitment. So I'm usually burning it at both ends. Uh, I still serve on several uh, boards and active in a lot of community events. Um, There's not a day goes by that I'm not doing something to make Wichita a better place. And that's what I feel my role is right now in this community, is to keep working to make Wichita the best, most inviting city it can be. Speaking of, of Wichita being an inviting city, of course, we're focused on biking and walking. But really, the reason that we do that is because we want to make Wichita a better place to live as well. We're interested in strengthening the neighborhoods and the communities in Wichita. So do you have some place in Wichita that you particularly like to, to show people or, or think oh, is interesting? Well, well, there's so many great places in Wichita. Certainly, I'm going to be partial to maybe some areas in District 5. Uh, we just recently debuted a new park, Proct Wetlands, uh, near 29th and Mays Road. Long project. It's a 72-acre wetlands, um, which right now it's uh, not completely finished. We're building it in phases. But it's a, it's a destination site for bird watchers, animal lovers, just nature uh, all the way around. Um, I have seen uh, everything from pheasants to turkeys to quail, uh, every type of waterfowl, egrets, herons, just all kinds of different animals. And it's a great peaceful walk, right? It's an urban oasis. It's very unique, um, especially for this part of the country to have it in an urban setting. Like I said, we're still working on it. There's still a lot of phases to be done, but it's a pretty spectacular place. And so that's one of my most recent faves. Always gonna be a fan of Sedgwick County Zoo. Um, It's the jewel that we have uh, in this region. The, uh, can't say enough about the Keeper of the Plains and what we've done along the Riverwalk. Being able to get out there and and, uh, just enjoy the river that closely at that level is something not a lot of Wichitans have experienced, and they need to do it more. Um, also in District 5, I've got a Swanson Park. is just a great nature spot um, to, again, just get out within an urban setting and get one and close to nature. So I love those experiences. Um, those are probably my favorite immediate ones. I'm a resident of, of District 5, and I've had the chance to talk to you several times before. And I know from those conversations and, and seeing you around town that uh, you, uh, you have studied uh, city planning. You're, you're interested in, in that. Uh, uh, you are a member of the area transportation uh, planning organizations, uh, transportation policy body. Uh, you've gone to some of the webinars that mm-hmm. they've sponsored about uh, transportation and, and, and planning. Uh, I know you've been at some of the speeches that yep. various consultants have, have given uh, here in town. So 
more so than I have with some of the other council members in our previous podcast. <laughs> I thought we I run would, at each other quite a bit, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've seen you at, at several events, yes. More so than other other city council members, I thought I'd get into a little bit more conceptual sure. discussion with you about some of the things that uh, come from those talks yeah. and, and events and so forth. I, I love to dream big. I've never been accused of not dreaming big. So conceptual so, is, is a great way to, to go here. Well, speaking of, of dreaming big, what is your vision for Wichita as, a, as an urban center? So I referenced this earlier, wanting to make Wichita the most inviting city it can be. And inviting has a lot of different meanings. Um, for some folks, it means welcoming. It can mean inclusive. It can be open. Um, but to me, in this instance, it means desirable. Making the city the most attractive, desirable place it can be making it welcoming from your first uh, visit to your last so that you feel comfortable at home. It's not one of those cities that's real tough to get around and real confusing, um, that there's all kinds of activity and fun things to do, low cost, recreation, things for families to get out and do. Uh, My time on the park board, we did a lot of different things, studies as to what makes the city attractive, what's the type of recreation that people are looking for. And then one of the things that kept coming to the top was walking and having uh, easy access to destinations and and being able to uh, just enjoy your community. And so when when I talk about being the most inviting city it can be in this particular definition, we're talking about you know, desirable and welcoming and making it feel comfortable and easy to get around, uh, safe. Um, One of the consultants that I'm sure you were at the same seminar, and our speaker had a great quote that I continue to keep in my phone because I like to reference it all the time. And he says, make it great to walk in and every transportation issue falls into place. (laughs) And that is so right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from our roads to our bike paths to our sidewalks. If you can make it safe and easy to get around, then all of your transportation issues fall into place and, and people want to use those things. And that goes back to making this a welcoming, inviting community. And so, yeah, the transportation issues, um, whether it's at WAMPO or at, at the council level or a seminar or webinar, I'm always going to be interested in those because I'm looking for ways to continue to make the city more attractive, more desirable, more inviting. Well, Bike Walk Wichita's mission, in fact, is to transform Wichita into a more livable, accessible, and connected city by making biking and walking safe, equitable, and appealing. So it's very yep. similar to that, to that vision. One concept I'd like your ideas on is... Uh, the idea that cities should focus first on just simple maintenance of their neighborhood streets and so forth. And by doing that, uh, when the city spends money on, on the neighbor, at the neighborhood level, just maintaining it, sim- simple maintenance, that that then encourages the homeowners to see some value in their property and to maintain their own houses yep. and to have some pride in, in their neighborhood. Well, absolutely. And certainly in this economy, in the situation we're in right now, we don't have tons of money just to spend on anything and everything. We have to be very wise with our dollars. 
several years ago, we put together the community investment plan. It was a coalition of electeds, volunteers, civic leaders to start crafting that 20-year vision of how we're going to take care of our community. What are the investments going to be? And the feedback that we kept getting over and over was take better care of the infrastructure you have. We've already spent that money once. Let's make sure we maintain it keep it up so we don't have to rebuild or replace. Now, certain things you just have to replace. I talk about this all the time. Our water treatment facility mm-hmm. was built in ni- in 1940s. You know, you go in and there's a plaque to Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, I think it's lived its life, right? And technology is certain change. So there are certain things you, you have to eventually replace. But because we've spent the dollars on roads and storm drains and, you know, facilities, if we can continue to make the wise investments to maintain it and take good care of it, it's going to give us more years. And I think you're seeing that with our OP3, our Outsource Pavement Preservation Program, that we have been doing. We've been adding more dollars every year to road maintenance. When I started on council, we were spending $6 million a year on road pavement preservation. This year's budget, it was $11 million. Um, and so we've been adding more dollars to take better care of our roads. And what you're seeing is because people are enjoying the roads better, right? They've got new overlays, uh, new paint, new lines. And so you're seeing that. And then that's trickling down to the businesses, to the homes. People are taking better care of their places. And so I, I think it does have a cause and effect. You have more pride in your place. So then it's having correlated effect on your investments and the things that you might do at your home or at your business. And so I think we have to continue to take better care of our facilities um, because we don't have a bottomless pit of money to just go out and build brand new every time. That doesn't make sense. And so um, I'm very pleased with the direction we've been going, and it's because of what the community has told us to make sure that there are some things you just can't avoid. You're going to have to replace. But when you can you know, take better care of it, get more years out of it. And it's no different than our own vehicles, our own homes. You know, we, we try to make the best decisions we can. Okay. On the other end from the simple maintenance is uh, the building the new projects. And Wichita has had uh, several new projects <laughs> uh, recently either uh, already completed or, or in the in works. Process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for example, uh, the city completed the uh, baseball stadium. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, that hasn't been able to open yet for reasons beyond everyone's control. Or wildest imagination, yeah. <laughs> or wildest imagination, exactly. But uh, we're all hopeful that that will change in 2021. What, uh, that obviously is a, is a very major part of that neighborhood and, and adjacent to downtown. What is your vision, what do you see for that area, for the Delano area, once the stadium opens? I'm very excited about the opportunity. That was the whole vision by placing the the stadium downtown to replace Lawrence Dumont with the new stadium to create a catalyst along the river that could become uh, just another great success story for Wichita. For years it has languished and there's been no development and no activity. The stadium has had patchwork dollars spent on it. And again, this goes back to the discussion we're having earlier about invest and take better care. The stadium was at a point where it just was done. It was done. And it was not going to ever be what we'd hoped 
that it could return to its former glory because the baseball fan changed. They needed better sight lines. You needed better – you couldn't do that with that existing structure. It had to be replaced. That gave us the opportunity to envision a totally new riverbank on that side, the addition to Delano and how that could help continue to make the Delano area grow and succeed. So it becomes this great walkable neighborhood that's got all these uh, extra amenities between restaurants and shopping and other amenities that brings people to it and creates another destination to make our city even more of a jewel. Uh, surrounded this fantastic stadium facility is a new parking structure that is a combination transit facility, bike share, uh, ride share destination to serve not only the stadium but all the surrounding amenities, the, the advanced learning library which is right there as well. So we've created another neighborhood with a growing neighborhood in Delano to make it even better. And again, the whole concept is based on walkable and creating, you know, you park or you get down there and then everything is within, you know, walking or, or a short bike ride or a short trolley ride mm -hmm. if you need to. And so that was really the vision. And yes, we've been delayed a little bit on making that reality, but things are moving in the right direction. Um, and it's just every day is a, another opportunity to continue to make that neighborhood that much better. We're very much supportive of uh, making that area more walkable and uh, uh, having the robust transit access and the, the bike share and the scooters and so forth. Um, we've been deeply involved in a lot of those discussions. Actually, one of our top priorities in that area, somewhat by coincidence, is the uh, Delano Trail that runs through just north of the stadium there. Uh, is really the best connecting point for uh, the connection between the Prairie Sunset Trail mm -hmm. in the west and the Redbud Trail in the east. There are some, some complications uh, getting through there and so forth. I understand the city's working on plans on those. The latest plans that we saw are, are pretty good. They provide for a trail through there and make, making some progress. There are some glitches. Uh, we're not totally satisfied with uh, the way that it uh, Crosses, there is no crossing really of, of McLean in, in the plans right now or really any access to the river. Uh, so we'll, be, uh, we'll definitely be in touch with you as, oh. as those plans develop. And oh, absolutely. I mean, that all has to be part of this big picture because, as you mentioned, it's a great connector to the Prairie Sunset and the Red, but, but it's also a great connector to my district in Northwest because it goes down Zoo Boulevard, and you can get there very easily, and then you get to Sedgwick County Park and then eventually Woodchuck which eventually could then connect maybe to the Prairie Sunset. Mm -hmm. And I know mm -hmm. I've worked on that idea as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it is, it all comes together, a, a melting pot of <laughs> uh, connectivity right through there. So it's a great opportunity. Yes, I understand the challenge with connection to the river because that's part of the West Bank that hasn't been realized yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has to get fleshed out and figured out so that it does have that. There's been great improvement there north of Douglas along River Vista, and that all is beautiful and up to exploration place, but there's opportunity north of there and then as well south of Douglas. So it all needs to get figured out. We need to continue to have great eyes on it, more community conversation, more engagement, 
because um, we have an opportunity to do it right, and that's the key. Compared with Delano, the downtown area has historically lagged a bit. <laughs> uh, there's there's a, has been a lot of vacant lots, a lot of closed businesses there. Recently, there's been uh, quite a few uh, developments there, uh, both using it both figuratively and, and literally <laughs> there uh, with uh, the Cargill uh, building a building there, Fidelity. Mm -hmm. uh, now there's a medical school being built down there. So what is it that, uh, what do you think was key in attracting those businesses downtown and what can we do to reinforce that, to continue that? So the project downtown has, has been in the works for several years. That was started under Mayor Carl Brewer and that investment began. Um, the public-private ratio is far uh, now in the private column. In the beginning, it was more in the public side with street improvements and some sidewalks and so forth. But over time, the private investment has greatly exceeded the public investment. So it's a success story. And as you mentioned, there's several projects that have been done recently or in the works. Didn't even mention uh, Nafsker Park, the 430 development. Um, um, I'm trying to think, Ameritrust taking the old Cargill building. Um, and, and again, just the success of Old Town. Um, the Union Station building that has been refurbished and absolutely gorgeous. So there's a, it's a special place. It's created some synergy and some, I think people want to be around other people and be walkable and enjoyable um, and have stops along the way, whether it is for dining or having a drink or shopping or just sitting in the, in the shade for a minute. And because we've made those investments, downtown is more attractive. And then you've got the success of the arena and certainly the trolley connecting back and forth makes it easy. So we've created this little magnificent mile of our own um, that's not built on any one thing. It's just not retail. It's just not shops. It's all of these things combined. And so there's something for everyone. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that I grew up here, and I remember when downtown was not what it is today. But I also remember when it was the big, what we wanted it to be. So it went through these phases where downtown was the place to be, and there's all kinds of activity, and then everybody fled to the suburbs and now everybody's coming back and it's because we have made the right investments we're creating some some entertainment some recreation um, it's a great place to work and play as we're seeing more people want to live downtown and be close to their employment i think as we see the effects of covid and how more people are continuing to work at home i think we'll continue to see more of that um, and maybe some larger places in downtown and not just the smaller lofts, maybe more condos, hopefully. Um, but I think it's just an exciting energy level that you get by being downtown that you don't get in a neighborhood or in a suburb. And, and I think that, I mean, my daughter and her friends, they're teenagers, that's, some of their, that's one of their favorite activities is to go downtown and ride the trolley and take pictures at the murals and stop and get a juice. I mean, that's, that's their thing now. And I wouldn't have imagined that 20 years ago because it was a ghost town. And so, but we have to do these things because so much of our tax base is concentrated in our urban core. And if we let that go, because that's more so much of our commercial activity is, then that affects the city coffers. 
And so you have to continue to, your, your city needs a heart. It needs a pulse. And you get that from your core. And, and that's where your revenue generation is. That's where your energy feeds off of. And that's why you continue to make those investments in your downtown. So actually the, the real core of downtown, uh, both again, literally and figuratively is Douglas Avenue. We have, Blackwalk Wichita has, has focused a lot of energy on, on Douglas. There's been right. a lot of discussion about Douglas in particular and the downtown in, in more broadly over quite a period of time. I think the latest discussions started about 10 years ago and there have been a lot of plans, a lot of studies, a lot of reports on what to do there and they pretty much universally advocated that uh, we need to make Douglas in particular mm-hmm. more walkable, uh, reduce the, the, the traffic lanes, make uh, provide for bike lanes, provide for more attractive sidewalks, trees, and that sort of thing there. Um, there was, it has become part of what is now called the downtown streets conceptual plan, uh, and there was an open house that had been scheduled for that in March yeah. of this year that uh, was postponed because of COVID. Uh, but I just uh, found out this weekend that that has been uh, that there is now a survey scheduled to begin on September 14th, which is before this podcast uh, will air. Uh, I'm not sure how long it will continue. I haven't seen information about that. And then a social media town hall mm-hmm. after that, which is great. Uh, you know that we see some progress on that, uh, and we'd love to see that happen. There was a, uh, a stakeholder group that had uh, met uh, last year and talked about uh, uh, what to do about that. And after the meeting, including uh, some of the businesses that were originally opposed to the, the, the reducing the, the traffic lanes, the group agreed uh, on, a, on a concept for that, um, for Douglas. Uh, so after all of these... Uh, studies and reports and plans and so forth. What's it going to take to get that done? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm all for continuing to make improvements to all of our core downtown streets. Douglas has had a lot of attention, especially from uh, Waco to Washington. Um, And it's dramatically different than it was, like I said earlier, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, And so we see the effect the improvements to Douglas have had the storefronts, the activity. Um, I, I want it to go faster, um, not the traffic. I want the traffic to go slower, but I want the improvements to go faster, right? So I'd like to see um, beyond just Douglas, Broadway is such an important north-south road for us, especially coming in off of Kellogg. And we're seeing more activity. Uh, an architecture firm, SPT, is taking the old busway building, uh, the Greyhound bus terminal, and they're moving their headquarters there. The parking garage that was converted to an apartment. Um, Then you mentioned the DO school and the old Henry's building. So we're seeing activity along Broadway, but that's such an important connector to go north-south. Maine uh, is such a wide open street. I'd love to see that two-lane all the way to 13th, or Mm two-way. All the way to 13th, especially as it gets to City Hall. We need to have City Hall as accessible as possible, and only having one way streets around it frustrates me. Um, we talked about Douglas from Washington East back to 
Grove. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a runway. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. wide open. Some places it's seven lanes across, I believe, with no medians, no, no. I, I mean, you're taking your life in your own hands if you're trying to right. cross Douglas there. So. Right. As much as improvements as we've seen on Douglas from Waco to Waterman, there's still so much opportunity. We've made improvements to First and Second Street, St. Francis. Those are all fantastic, and we've seen the results there where other developments, there's now bike share lanes along both First and Second. Um, and so continuing to do what we've done with Douglas, but expanding it to the other pockets, I think we have to continue to push forward on that as well and make it, again, the most inviting downtown. One street is a jewel, but if the rest of it is rusty and crusty and <laughs> it's not right. a good setting, it makes it difficult to really enjoy. So I definitely feel that Douglas needs to slow down traffic, make it even more friendly, make it even more uh, safer for pedestrians, bicycles, and vehicles as well. Um, but again, we need to ex continue to expand that vision to just beyond that. And, and again, don't want to slow it down any, but uh, again, I just want to keep pushing and, and start getting more to it. Great. You mentioned that downtown was the uh, jewel of the, of the city, uh, had the most, most value. Actually, one of the techniques that uh, has been that I've seen discussed in a lot of uh, planning uh, articles and, and so forth is the concept of using value per acre to make judgments about where investments should be made in the city. Uh, is that something that, that Wichita does or has the ability to do? Or yeah, you tell us about that. It's not really an a policy that we've adopted. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're seeing that opportunity with uh, parcels that we own as a city, whether it be uh, the Lawrence Dumont Stadium site, whether it's the location of the Advanced Learning Library, certainly the East Bank with uh, the number of facilities that we have on it from Waterman to Douglas, Waco, or Maine to the river with Century 2. There's a lot of value there. And to start putting a price tag on that, you know, how do you justify it? Where is that number? Where does it fit? I think that whole idea goes back to there's value there, there's acres there, so there's opportunity. And what is the best use for that acre, that opportunity? Uh, again, it has to be based on what are the needs of the community, what's the desires of the community. What do we have available funding-wise to get there? Um, again, it's not something that we've adopted or have in place, but it certainly merits more consideration because Again, we know we have opportunity. We know we have values per those acres. We're not using them to the most effective, most efficient way right now. Uh, and the stadium was a perfect example of that. Um, there was no activity around the stadium. There was no development. Now that we've got the stadium, we're seeing that. We're seeing investment. We're seeing land purchase. We're seeing people announce things. Um, and so it's created great opportunity, and it's made that value per acre a lot higher. Um, we just have to be, you know, be very upfront about what we're wanting to do or what's the opportunity and, and see where the committee wants to go. Okay. Well, we spent a lot of time talking about downtown, and uh, District 5 is uh, – special in that it uh, <laughs> is one of the two districts that doesn't have a uh, reach into uh, downtown uh, at sure. all. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about District 5. 
what are what are District Five strengths? So um, District Five, I'm a lifelong resident, and I lived on the East Side for most of my life. Uh, moved west 18 years ago, um, and love every minute of it. One of its strengths is because it's uh, a newer part of town. Uh, the growth was rapid. Um, the developments were um, fast rising. And so there's a lot of new money being spent in District 5 to create new infrastructure. So from that standpoint, um, it doesn't require a lot of dollars being spent on because it's one of the newer areas of town. And so a little bit of money goes a long way on maintenance. One of the challenges is we have fewer of those public amenities that maybe other parts of town have. Um, We don't have uh, our own rec center. Um, We don't have... Um, we only have two police or two fire stations, no police substation. Uh, there are no meeting rooms. Uh, the library that we do have, Westlink, has got small facilities. Uh, it's a little engine that could, that could, but that makes its own challenges. Um, we don't have. I keep talking about all the limitations, not <laughs> all the positives, right? But you asked about some of the strengths. Um, we do have some wonderful parks out there with a lot of acreage to them. Uh, Sunset Park, Buffalo Park, Proct Wetlands, Swanson Park. Those are large parks with a lot of amenities within them, which is fantastic. A lot of room to roam, a lot of green space to get out. Uh, Westlink Library is a jewel in that it does uh, a lot more than it should for the size of it. It's, it's amazing. Prior to Advanced Learning Library being built, it was the number one branch in terms of checkouts, usually having 25% of all checkouts, including the old Central Branch Library. It exceeded that. So they do an amazing job out there with smaller facilities, um, and it's a great program for families who got young kids. Um, what else do we have out west that's just a strength? Um, our school systems, we have three school systems, within, four school systems within my district. Uh, USD 259, Wichita Public Schools. We have May School District, Goddard, and then uh, Bishop Carroll. Um, and then there's talk about another school possibly coming out at some point. But So we have got a variety of school systems that all do a great job. Uh, it's a very family-centric uh, neighborhood district. A lot of homes, not a lot of industry or, or office complexes. It's mostly businesses to serve the surrounding neighborhoods and families. So it's a small town feel um, because it is, again, set apart from downtown, right? Um, and it is almost entirely all neighborhoods uh, and, and homes. And so I think that's a positive strength. It's, it's where the people live. They may work in other parts of town, but these are, this is where their homes are. So how do some of the concepts that we talked about earlier of the walkability uh, and making it making the area attractive apply in District 5. Obviously, it is a much different area than mm-hmm. downtown. Uh, from a planning standpoint, it seems to have some challenges. For example, the 21st Street is almost a highway yeah. uh, that's uh, impossible to cross except at you know a mile apart at the, at the lights and so forth. Yeah. So uh, what, uh, you know, what thoughts do you have as to how these concepts of like I say, walkability apply in District 5. Yeah, you bet. So when I grew up, you didn't go west of the river. Um, I was on the east side of town, and if you went west of the river, it was to go to either 
uh, Crystal Lake or the zoo, which was still brand new at that time, uh, because most of West District 5 at that time was county. It was county roads that didn't have sidewalks, that didn't have shoulders. Um, it was all ditches, right? And so you didn't have the infrastructure in place to make all that connectivity because it was all rural farmland and countryside. And as the city continued to push west and north, the surrounding developments started creating some of that infrastructure. And so it's been catch up. Uh, and it happened so fast that a lot of that other city infrastructure didn't have the budget or the means to do it. It was just, okay, what can we do to support the surrounding development that's happening? Without thoughts to, okay, this is an arterial, this is a connector, where do we put sidewalks, etc. It was just try to keep pace. And so a lot of this stuff has been uh, after thought and try to start to make some of those connectors. I mentioned the woodchuck bike path. That came on as a way to help connect. That's not the way we do things now. We try to design complete streets from start to finish. We try to do it. Woodchuck is a great example of adapting with the in existing infrastructure. Our sidewalk improvement program, we try to close that gaps wherever we can. Uh, to find those pockets that don't have sidewalks that we need to because again in my district you see a lot of people walking a lot of kids riding their bikes especially during covid you couldn't find a bike at target um, or walmart because they're all sold out but that's what people do during times like this they get out they walk they that's how they get their exercise that's their family time and so in my district you see a lot of that and again, with Sedgwick County Park being in my district, which has got a great system of trails and paths, you want to make those connections to them as you can. So we try to find ways to adapt, whether it be a woodchuck or close connection sidewalks where there are missing gaps. Uh, but again, it's because it happened so fast, relatively mm -hmm. speaking, that it was tough to keep pace. And so trying to make those connections is what we're trying to do right now. We've had several activities in in, in District Five. Uh, one of the thing, one of the more popular things that we do is uh, on uh, Wednesday evenings at uh, various times during the year, and we uh, and currently uh, we're doing uh, walking Wednesdays, and we've held those in several of the parks around town, including Swanson Park, and Sedgwick County mm -hmm. Park, and, and and so forth. Uh, we do bike jams where we give away. Uh, kids bikes uh, I don't think we've done one in, in district 5 that I can remember <laughs> but uh, uh, we've done them all over, done them all over town uh, what uh, what can we do to uh, help make district 5 a, a better place to live well again I think what you're doing is a great I'd love for you to just continue what you're doing being a great advocate for connectivity for utilizing bike walk opportunities, helping us find those uh, areas of town where we need to make connections, where we can improve, keep the focus on that. Um, I know uh, we're never gonna solve all of it, but if we can, can keep planning and keep figuring out ways to improve. Um, we mentioned earlier connecting the woodchuck system to uh, Prairie Sunset and how do we make that happen. Um, I had a grand idea a long time ago of creating the old Buffalo Park pond into a bicycle pump course. The, the lake doesn't hold water anymore. Holds a lot of mosquitoes, but it's not a lake anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the terrain there would really mm -hmm. be suitable for something like that. 
um, which then also then could connect to the uh, Air Capital Park over there at Tyler and Kellogg mm -hmm. because there's they're similar but not the same, right? And mm -hmm. so having additional opportunities, figuring out more opportunities like that, I think is a great way for Bike Walk Wichita to continue being an advocate and help us uh, explore new recreation, new activity. How do we make it better? Um, I can't get to it all myself, and so we need advocates like Bike Walk Wichita to help find those opportunities for us. Another concept that uh, has been promoted in, in several different areas is the idea of making small bets of uh, a city allowing or, or implementing uh, small changes in a street or, or an area to see how it works. Uh, and then if, if, it, if it works, maybe making it more permanent or if it doesn't, try something else. But doing it in a very cost-effective, very uh, informal way using traffic cones and paint and, and so forth rather than having to, to put in concrete and, and, and so forth. Um, the city of Wichita has done a couple of things. One thing, one in particular I know was in, uh, was in Park Place. Uh, they tried a, uh, putting in a traffic circle for a while to see how the, how the neighbors liked that. Mm, yes. Um, but um, it seems that in, the, in Wichita, it's pretty difficult to, to do anything affecting traffic without having to have a, a long consultation, uh, uh, lots of meetings, and, and so forth. It, it's very difficult to make small bets. Is that something that you think makes sense? And is it, is it, what can we do, if it does, what can we do to uh, facilitate that in, in Wichita? No, I encourage uh, this idea of experimentation and making small bets before you spend a ton of money and then you find out, hey, that was a horrible idea. So try some experiments, try some things, see if they make sense um, before you go and make the big billion dollar, million dollar expense. I know there was, um, I'm trying to think back, there was some small bets placed right there around Douglas and Hydraulic, I believe, over there by Tanya Soup Kitchen and so forth where uh, there was some on-street cutouts with paint and so forth and kind of uh, planters and dividers to try to create some additional. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that right now with our open-air ICT program right. where we've created right. some uh, temporary, which could become permanent, mm -hmm. sidewalk spots uh, for dining or retail to make use of easement area uh, to repurpose it. I've seen it done in other cities where you take parking stalls and you put in mm -hmm. uh, planters and so forth to create little spots during the evening, whereas during the day they're parking, but at night they could be used for something else. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great way to try something different and, and see if it works um, before you go spend all that money. Um, yeah, I encourage that. Um, I don't know where the next opportunity might be. Maybe it should be District 5. Right, um, but I know we've done it, and it. I understand how it can be difficult. We sometimes in this community want to study things to death. Um, when you think about how long it took us to build the downtown arena, the new airport, the advanced learning library, the stadium, I get those are big investments, um, but little projects that could have 
a bigger um, result in terms of convenience or so on, we should embrace that. Let's try different things. Let's let's be pioneers, right? Um, that's kind of our nature here in Wichita. We're not a f- we shouldn't be afraid to try new things because somebody had to come here and start it, and we did. And so let's use that history, that legacy, to take some of these small bets and try them out. Well, I want to thank you for the time. I think it's time <laughs> to start uh, wrapping up a little bit. If you had uh, one piece of advice for uh, citizens of Wichita to improve Wichita, what would it be? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go back to the theme that we began with in the beginning, and that is this is our hometown, and we need to make it the most inviting city it can be. And that means treating each other with respect, making uh, it hospitable, be friendly. Uh, you know, you always hear from outsiders that say, I love Wichita because the people are so friendly. And sometimes we forget that when we're here every day dealing with each other. And we need to keep that at the top of our mind, that you want to treat people the way you want to be treated, the way you expect to be treated. And I think if we continue to focus on making this the most inviting city it can be, we'll attract even more people. We'll make this a better community, less divisive, less, uh, you know, at each other's throats. And it will improve everything. But um, just focus on making it inviting and welcoming and the most, the best hometown it can be. Conversely, what's one thing that the city, that you'd like to see the city do that it's not already doing? <laughs> Boy, that's a, I don't know we have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. <laughs> oh, one thing. Um, well, right now, I think there's opportunity for us to continue to make Wichita known to the rest of the world. Uh, As we see other cities struggling with divisiveness and tensions and just the new way of living, um, Wichita has a lot to offer. And we should be attractive to those Seattle's, Portland's, Chicago's, Atlanta's, people that are wanting to get away from the the rat race, the, the, the urban dense jungle that is causing so many other problems. This, uh, this is a great community to, to start up a business, to move a business, to uh, get a fresh start, to grow, um, to make this your home base. And I think we need to be a lot more aggressive reaching out to the L.A.'s, the New York's, the Seattle's, and so forth and get them here. We know from the 08 economic downturn that Wichita took a long time to recover, and we're still recovering, and then 2020 hit. We can't afford to take that long again. We have to be more aggressive. We have to focus on diversification and creating new opportunities, new jobs, new industry. And I think the timing is right because we are a great American city. And we've got so much to offer in terms of quality of life. Our workforce, smart, educated people that are dedicated, that have grit and determination, that can 
be a huge asset for a company looking to find a quality of life that is unmatchable, that is right in the heart of the country, easy to get to, um, great weather of all types, <laughs> right? Um, and just a phenomenal place to be. And I think that's the opportunity that we're missing right now, that we need to be a lot more aggressive on. Um, because we can't afford a repeat of what happened in 08 and how long it took us to get out. Might require some marketing. <laughs> I know some people. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's more than just the marketing. It is the realization that we have talked about diversification for years. Now is the best opportunity. I think we're at a point in, our, in, in the opportunity with so many other things at play right now that we have already been doing, that 2020 was a dumpster fire. We get that. But because of the things that we've done from the baseball stadium to the water treatment plant that we're getting ready to break ground on, to the aquatics master plan, to the success of downtown, to the stuff that Wichita State is doing, there is so much at play already that we don't realize it, that all this stuff is hitting at a time when maybe other communities where people are looking at, it's time to escape and get somewhere safe, more stable. We're the perfect choice. And so we now we have to get more aggressive than ever before. So it's, it's not marketing. It's a mindset. It's a determination. And that's what we've got to do. No more talk. Now action. So, as I said, Bike Walk Wichita is, is an advocacy organization. Uh, we uh, are very much in contact with all of the city council members and, and the city staff. If someone wants to talk to you, uh, their ideas or, or, or has an idea, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? And You know, a variety of ways. Um, it's whatever you're comfortable with. You can send me an email, and it's first initial, last name at wichita.gov, so B-F-R-Y-E at wichita.gov. Um, more than happy to take a phone call. Uh, my cell number is, I'll put it out there, it's 258-3623. Uh, I'm active on Facebook and, and Twitter. So really, we're, there's just a lot of ways. Uh, I'm open and accessible. Um, that's part of the life I live now, right? And so you gotta make yourself available. And, but what's ever comfortable for you, um, reach out. That's one of the things, actually, that uh, I have found uh, very uh, interesting and, and pleasing about uh, you and uh, all of the council members <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that have been uh, very accessible, very willing to, to talk. Uh, I've not uh, had any difficulty in, in making my views known or having, <laughs> having input into uh, the uh, decision-making process. And so we really appreciate that. No, and I think it goes back to my background of working in television for 25 years. I was always behind the camera, not in front of it. So I was one that got all the calls and the emails. And so, um, and there's some pretty passionate people when you start messing with their TV programs. <laughs> so, um, you know, I can listen and, and hear it's, it's, you know, you got to do both. You just can't do one. And so um, make yourself available. That's what voters expect. Look, I, I live in this community. I want it to be the best possible. And if you got ideas on how to improvement, yeah, I need to listen to you. I need to hear you. Well, thank you. 
And thank you for your for your time and, and your willingness to talk, to talk to us. It was fun. I enjoyed Great. it. Great. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> wow. That was an informative interview. I really appreciate his views on smart development, and I especially love the new Proct Wetlands. Uh, Jack, have you been out to that park? I do like that park. It's nice. And I like the way they, they did the development. I know there was some controversy about it. But I think they did a nice job of balancing the development with the, the nature area. And of course, it's a wetlands area. And yes. to be able to conserve the wetlands was a, is a great thing. And so, um, Councilmember Fry, I, I just love his enthusiasm for one. It was, it was fun listening to him. But he has a sense of, we're going to grow, uh, but let's just do it smart and make sure that we meet the needs of the citizens who want active living facilities, bikes, park, bike lanes, parks, bikeways, all it's these wonderful. things. Good. Thanks, Councilmember Fry. For our volunteer spotlight this month, we're going to highlight Sean. Sean doesn't really like being the center of attention, but we're shining the spotlight on him for a good reason. A recycle shop can't work without friends like Sean. He's been a regular for close to a year. Sean and his dad first learned about Bike Walk Wichita at one of our Operation Firefly events. This is where we partner with community police officers and we distribute free bicycle lights. Uh, one evening we were down on South Broadway and they heard about us. Kim, you were there on that one. Oh my gosh, those are so much fun and I can't wait uh, till we get back out there again. Yeah, and Sean saw what we were doing and was really interested. And so he and his dad started uh, volunteering there and uh, Sean's been coming really regular ever since. And Sean really reflects our mission to make biking and walking safe, equitable and appealing in the quiet way that he shares his knowledge with anyone that he can help. He's worked hard in Recycle to learn more about bike repair and is glad to teach what he's learned. Sean told me how he, appreciative he is about the opportunity to learn from a Recycle coordinators. I told D Zeke the day he left, he taught me half of what I know. He taught me so much. I've learned so much that I can take care of my bike now. I couldn't do it before. I didn't have the knowledge. That's what uh, Sean said. And that really is true, that ability to learn from other people, but then sharing that knowledge. That's what Recycle's about. And he's learning more about just bike skills now, too. Now that he's a regular, our coordinators are asking him to lead task groups more, getting things done around the shop. I don't want to be too bossy, Sean says. And even though Big John calls him that sometimes, things are getting done. And I can't really imagine Sean being bossy. He's just too nice of a guy. But he'll tell you what needs to get done and expect you'll do it. That kind of leadership from a volunteer is a key part of our success. And I hope Sean keeps coming back. I do. I really appreciate Sean uh, and his father. They're yeah. such a, a great influence in our recycle shop. So thank you, Sean and Chloe, for all that you do. Well, it looks like today's time is up. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you really enjoy catching up and getting all these fun events on your calendar so that uh, we can reconnect outdoors in a safe way during these times. Yes. So important for our mental and physical health. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Comment, uh, tell us what you liked, uh, what you'd like to hear in future episodes. You can also be the first to hear our latest episodes by subscribing to our podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows, almost. Of course, as I mentioned, Bike Walk Wichita couldn't do all of this without you and without our amazing local business sponsors. 
You know, they really are as interested as we are in transforming our city into a safe space for everyone. That's what I like about our sponsorship program is uh, most of our sponsors are local, they're our friends and neighbors, and they want our community to grow and develop in that smart, healthy way that we're looking for. And when you shop local, you're supporting their employees and our friends and everybody, so Uh, it just... I like that. Yes. So as our city opens back up, please shop local and support these businesses who also support us. REI, as we mentioned, just opened up. So if you're looking for any outdoor adventure gear, you must drop in Um, and let them know. Say thank you for supporting Bike Walk Wichita. And they also are supporting the Kansas Single Track Society, Prairie Travelers. Yes. They're really. They came in a community really in a positive note in terms of these organizations that are there. They came and said they want to help. And I'm sure they're wanting business as well. But I appreciate that they're looking uh, local organizations to support. And the sleeping pad and sleeping bag that I just got. Tiny, lightweight, lovely. Kim understood, understands now that it's okay to spend a little bit more money on camping equipment if it's going to help you be more comfortable to ride the next day. And, and a sleeping last, pad it'll is It lasts you thing. also yeah. forever. So. Yeah, uh, also, Palmer Physical Therapy for Women. You know, they're doing the Nordic Walking. We have the event uh, October 3rd and throughout October. You can find out more information. We also have Truck Stuff. They will help install hitches, help you with all of your adventure gear and hauling needs. Medis keeps us rolling with their delicious food. And Jack, we have some bike shop sponsors. Yeah, I'll pop into there. The Bicycle Peddler, Bike Exchange, and Heartland Bike Shop, all three have been longtime supporters. And they do support our advocacy work because they want to have safer places for you to ride. And so that's a really important uh, support there, uh, that relationship with the shops. They've been very active in the community yep. uh, from day one for all of those shops. So thank you. And Envisionary Print is another uh, new sponsor here this year for us. Uh, they helped us stream our live event, and that was fun. And yeah. so check out our Facebook page and, yeah. and see the video there if you weren't able to join the event. And it'd be looking for Visionary Print. They do a lot of uh, communications type uh, business there. So check them out. And of course, Johnson's Garden Center hosted us. You know, thank you, Marty, for that wonderful evening. And also for helping us keep our green spaces beautiful. I know it's Pansy Days and they have some great events going on there. So drop in to uh, one of the Johnson Garden Center locations. Uh, they'll help you out. Jack? Uh, Family Care Associates, uh, that's my wife's uh, office there, and they help keep us healthy. And uh, just a real strong support of, of active living and moving around. She writes prescriptions for walking for some of her patients even. I like that. In Spirit Kombucha, they were actually at our event, and I got a chance to taste their Good. mango How ginger. Did you like oh, it? my gosh, it's delicious. I had a feeling you'd like it. I it actually have never tasted it, but, uh, yeah, that it would be your really kind of It was really good, deal. so you definitely want to check them out. Also, Simply Sangria. So they are actually located right along the bike lane off 2nd Street in oh, Cleveland. That's brilliant. Perfect. So really? They have carryout? <laughs> they have space where you can drop in, and they do cool. have bottles to go. There so you yes, go. you can purchase to go, but it's a great place to drop in for a refreshing beverage with your friend. So thank you to the huge increase in biking and walking that we're seeing. You know, we have a growing network of friends who love shopping local. So thank you for supporting uh, our supporting businesses and us. Uh, if you know of a business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing, contact us and we can share our 2021 sponsorship packet that includes a customized promotion plan for the entire year. That wraps up our show. 
Extra thanks to Alan and Council Member Fry for the informative interview and to our podcast team. We'll see you out and around 10. Bye-bye.